0: This is The Reality. Hello again, welcome to The Reality. My name's Dudley Anderson, and it's really marvellous to be with you for the next half hour talking about the reality of life that is found in Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at the website surereality.net. Sat 7 is a Christian television ministry that reaches far and wide across the Middle East, bringing the message of the reality of Jesus Christ as God's way of salvation. Dr. Terence Ascot spotted something in his neighborhood in the busy Cairo streets one day in the late 1980s that brought to him a great revelation of a great opportunity. Sitting on a cement floor in an unfinished building was a family watching television he came to the realization that the majority of the population of Egypt and across the Middle East could not read. Though he himself enjoyed a flourishing career as a publisher, he realized that families like this would never have the opportunity to actually read about the love of God. It was a realization that birthed a dream to establish a Christian television ministry that would reach out across the Middle East and North Africa. Today, SET7 broadcasts in three languages through four channels, 365 days a year. On The Reality Today, we meet Sat7's press officer, Lindsay Shaw. Lindsay found Jesus in his late teens, and after leaving school, he qualified as an English teacher. However, Lindsay had a passion to employ his skills in communication for the kingdom of God. So he began working for a Christian organization that opened the door for him to report for the Bible Society from Kuwait. Here he discovered some great work where the gospel was being preached despite the restrictions. Soon, Lindsay heard about SAT-7 and believed that it was a great fit for him.
1: So I visited Kuwait and uh, the United Arab Emirates, part of the world that you think might be closed to the gospel, but in fact, it's a a meeting point, really, a crossroads. I'd begun supporting and following the work of SAT-7 some years earlier, and I thought, well, this would be a great fit because I saw how important it was to share the Christian message and support the church within this region. And so, uh, yes, so the first programs were made in 1996. And from one hour a week, we've grown to four 24/7 channels.
0: Well, it's my pleasure to speak to Lindsay Shaw from uh, Set 7, an incredible ministry uh, broadcasting television programming across the Middle East. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lindsay.
1: Good to be with you,
0: Dudley. Wonderful. Well, we're going to be talking about Set 7 and its work. But uh, as always, Lindsay, I'd like to find out, you know, this program is about the reality of Jesus. How did you find Christ as your Lord and Savior?
1: Well, it goes back a long way to uh, when I was 17, and uh, I suppose a few things had happened before that time. Um, I tried church again when I was 15, and I'd thought back to the time when my father had taken me to church as a boy, and uh, just had these two pictures in my mind, one of uh, uh, walking through the park and the avenue of trees there and the Paris church beyond it, and then uh, a picture of sort of sitting in the church and looking up at this uh, sunlight filtering through the stained glass window, mm-hmm. and uh, those those two images still stay with me, um, and uh, that was part, I guess, of, of just drawing me back to uh, trying out church and see what it was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was going when I was around fifteen. I remember somebody inviting me to the youth group, and I thought, "Oh, that sounds a bit too serious." <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
1: but I remember one of the uh, lay preachers saying something, which was about um, he gave this picture of somebody who was walk who was living life as if they were walking on the edge of the pavement, with one foot in the road and one foot on the, the pavement. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, you know, kind of challenging us to live a life that was fully for god um and i didn't quite grasp that but it, it, it stuck in my mind um and then when i was uh well it was a couple of years later than that the cu in my school the christian union must have arranged for um, a group of people to come um, and take some assemblies and some lunchtime meetings
0: mm.
1: and uh one of these was um, a curate and evangelist from a local church. And then there was a group of guys who'd come over from uh, Houston in Texas and were living in community over here and were, I think some of them had come from a sort of drug background and so on, but mm-hmm. they were all writing songs, traveling to different parts of the country and sharing their faith. And at one of these meetings, what, uh, what really struck me was they were talking about their faith as they sang these songs and they talked about God as the living God. Mm. and it was as if if they knew him Mm. and that really spoke to me um and another assembly um this guy um the the curate um also talked about his own first experience of god when he became a christian again used this expression the living god Mm. so i went along to the last day of their lunchtime meetings i said to my friend james i think i'm going to go in. oh i don't think i'm going to and join you he said but I went uh, along to this lunchtime meeting and uh, it was there really that um, this same chap explained how Christ had died for us and we could have this relationship with God mm. and I saw that I could never be good enough for God but that he had made it possible for me to know him and I saw it really as my giving myself my life back to God mm. and so I prayed a prayer uh, with him and uh, felt that something big had happened and uh, wondered why this had happened to me and not to other people. Mm-hmm. But it was then really when I became a Christian when I was 17.
0: Fantastic. That's a tremendous story. You know, it reminds me of um, the old saying, you can live your life in a cookie jar and never become a cookie. (laughs) You know, we can live life and and grow up in church, Sunday school, youth group and never become a a true believer until you come to the point in your life where you say, Jesus, I realize you are the living God and I need you in my life. Uh, Just an interesting thought a minute ago, uh, Lindsay, you mentioned that little image that you had of walking with one foot in the road and one foot on the pavement. Um, it reminds me of what Jesus said in Revelation. He said, I would that you were either hot or cold, but because you're only halfway there, lukewarm, I'll spew you from my mouth. So as a, as a man of God, ministering as you are in a Christian ministry, worldwide ministry, how important it is it to get sold out for Jesus in what you do?
1: It's a challenge. Uh, we have all sorts of... Things that faith confront us in our lives, don't we? And uh, but I think God is gracious, and I think He wants to use each one of us. Yeah, you know, He says, "I've called you." Mm. You know, you are. Um, I've called you. You've not chosen me, and I've called you to bear fruit. And mm. it's I think acting upon that uh, for me, which is important, and using the gifts that God has given me. Mm. which are more a kind of inquisitive nature to find things out and then to share those
0: yes absolutely and and giving it all for the Lord you know um uh, we think of uh, just daily life and working for a career or going to university and studying we've got to give it all otherwise we're going to fail and so i believe uh, as as a Christian as you'll i'm sure you'll agree uh, I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart he's called me to to serve him with every part of my my life. So, um, tell me then, Lindsay, you, you you gave your life to Jesus in your, your late teens. What happened mm-hmm. after that? Did you get into a secular job? How did you end up working for a Christian ministry?
1: Um, well, uh, after after that, I went to university and studied English and art, which were the two things that I was most passionate about. But uh, at the end of all that, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I'd always been interested in media and publications and. Uh, uh, communications of some sort. But uh, I was kind of discouraged by the careers advisor who said, well, you're not really going to get into publishing unless you know somebody. No. So I ended up um, as a teacher of English to begin with, um, which itself was pretty challenging. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also um, I had some opportunities to share my faith. Um, I studied RE within my teacher training as well. But after six years, I thought this isn't really Um, Me And uh, I began working with a Christian organization, first of all, editing their children's Bible notes and then working with youth and uh, other materials. So that was using that kind of passion I had for the written word and for the visual publications um, and helping youngsters really to get to grips with the scriptures.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Um, so that was the start of it. And then um, some years later, I began work for the um, Bible Society. And uh, one of the things that was most exciting there was when I had the opportunity to go and report for them from various countries, including the the Gulf. Um, so I visited Kuwait and uh, the United Arab Emirates mm. and had some, well, it's sort of part of the world where you wouldn't expect to experience. Um, A lot of Christians or a part of the world that you think might be close to the gospel. But in fact, it's a a meeting point, really, a crossroads with people coming from all over the world, Hmm. including many migrant workers, construction workers, especially from South um, Asia. So there are people from Muslim and Hindu background and so on. Many of them being treated poorly, but there were Christian chaplains who were visiting some of these guys in their hostels. Um, there were people from the Bible Society who were using Bible storytelling who were reaching out to them and there were church compounds where people could meet and uh, hear the gospel there. So there was some great work going on and uh, that really opened my eyes to what God was doing in that part of the world that I knew was quite closed. you know. So um, also we would hear from some of the um, heads of Bible societies in other countries and I was especially impressed by Um, hearing people from places like Egypt and Lebanon and Turkey and so on. um, They were working in very difficult situations, but doing it with grace and forgiveness and uh, integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when um, I saw um, this this, uh, role at at Sat7, this was going back to 2012, I was working briefly freelance after, after one job that, when I was made redundant. And, uh, and I thought, well, this would be a great fit. I'd begun supporting and following the work of SAT7 some years earlier because I saw how important it was to um, share the Christian message and support the church within this region. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yes, yeah, so that's when I applied for that and joined them back in 2012. Wow. So just briefly, tell
0: us, what, what, is, the, what is the actual ministry of SET7? I believe it's a television company. What is your ministry?
1: Yes, it is. Yes. I mean, we use television and also increasingly we're using um, digital online um, uh, programs as well. But uh, we began in 1996, so we're just coming up to our 25th anniversary. And it was started by a man called Terry Ascot, who, uh, as you can tell from his name, is is a Brit. um, But he was working out in Egypt in literature ministry. Um, And he'd begun a magazine, a youth magazine, that was being widely distributed in the Arab world. But he realized they were never really going to reach um, the mass population of the region by using printed word. But if you could use television, it would reach the 40% of people who are illiterate, women who are shut in, disabled people who Mm. may be confined to their homes in some situations. And so TV would be the answer. But of course, it was all state controlled and censored. And uh, Islam was the state religion. Mm. So that was never going to happen until uh, satellite television uh, began. And that was starting the early 1990s so he presented this idea to the church leaders of the region very keen that this wasn't seen as some foreign import but that it was a tool put in the hands of christians from the middle east and north africa Mm -hmm. and so uh yes so the first programs were made in 1996 um from a hired studio in lebanon um and from one hour a week we've grown to uh, for 24-7 channels, um, broadcasting in Arabic, Farsi or Persian for Iran, Afghanistan, that part of the world, mm-hmm. and in Turkish. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we produce a range of diverse programs, um, and most of them are produced in the region by Christians um, who know the culture, who know the people, who know the sensitivities, and who want uh, you know, very much to be a blessing to their own countries. Um, You know, like Jeremiah pre- um, reminds us um, to pray for the success and the prosperity mm. of the nation. Mm. Yeah, so that's basically, it's, it's enabling the church within the region to have a, a tool to share their faith and their values and to reach out to the wider community. So discipling Christians, but also sharing their faith to those who might never have the opportunity to go to a church. Our vision is to see a growing Middle East church that's confident in a faith and witness, serving the community and contributing to the good of culture and society.
0: The Reality is produced in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. To listen to this program again, please visit the website gnba.net. For more information about GNBA, and other radio programs that we produce, please send an email to info at gnba.net. Email us info at gnba.net. If you've just joined us, a very hearty hello to you from me, Dudley Anderson. This is The Reality, a talk show talking about the sure reality of life as found in Jesus. The things we face in the world are nothing but a shadow. The scripture says the reality of life is found in a real relationship with Jesus. If you'd like to know more about that or anything that we've spoken about today on the program, drop me an email, if you will, dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, dudley at sure the Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. You can find out more at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking to Sat7's press officer, Lindsay Shaw. Lindsay has shared how he became fully committed to Jesus Christ during his late teens when he sensed that God was saying to him that he was walking his life with one foot on the road and the other foot on the sidewalk. Jesus reminds us in Revelation chapter 3 to live out our lives fully committed to serving Jesus. Well, Lindsay followed the Lord's lead and after some time as a schoolteacher discovered a great opportunity to serve Christ in the ministry of Sat7. Sat7 is a television ministry that reaches across the countries of the Middle East bringing the message of true faith and hope and love as found in a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. SAT7 helps to provide the churches and Christians of the Middle East and North Africa with an opportunity to witness to Jesus Christ through inspirational, informative and educational programming. For his part in the organization, Lindsay Shaw helps to share the message of the living God with people in this region of the world. As we continue chatting with Lindsay to find out more about SAT7, I asked him to tell us how far the Satellite Ministry reaches out across the
1: Middle East. We reach uh, right across the region, so at least twenty-five countries. We use several satellites, so uh, you know the, the uh, footprint of those satellites reaches right from Morocco across to Afghanistan. So North Africa, the um, the Gulf countries, um, Egypt, Lebanon, the uh, the Levant, and then as I say, yeah, the Persian world, so that's Iran and its neighbors, so Tajikistan, Afghanistan, and Turkey, and also, you know, the sort of border countries like Azerbaijan and so on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we broadcast in the three main languages and also some um, sort of sub-languages, if you like. So some we have some programs that are serving the growing church amongst the Berber people in North Africa, which are in the Kabil language, Um and uh, a few Azeri programs, and uh, we have a couple of programs in Dari for Afghanistan.
0: So you have uh, local people producing on, on your, uh, your programs?
1: That's right, yes. We have studios in Egypt, Lebanon, Turkey, and then for Iran, we have studios in Cyprus and London, uh, staffed by Iranian expats, and then we have other partner production Uh, houses who uh, again represent those countries, so Syrians, there's uh, Afghans and so on.
0: And so uh, what type of programming do you actually produce? Is it sort of, uh, is it teaching and preaching? What do you put out?
1: We seek to disciple the Christians, so we have Bible teaching programs, we have um, worship programs, some of them coming from large churches in the region, so the largest church in the region is in Cairo, an evangelical church there, and then um, Big conferences that that happen from time to time.
0: That's as really well amazing. as
1: that, we have a lot of discussion shows, talk programs. So um, we have programs for women, for youth. Um, we have a men's program. Plus, since uh, the Syrian civil war, we began a stream of education programs to help children who've been out of school for five years, um, basically giving them parts of the core curriculum to help them catch up, to prevent them being sort of radicalized or just left behind. Mm. Uh, and we have programs that are helping parents to parent their children yeah so we're kind of promoting areas such as creative thinking and uh, alongside that promoting tolerance and respect for the other um, which also means that christians will have more of an opportunity in the region
0: mm.
1: one of our international board who's uh, the um, senior pastor at the national evangelical church in beirut he said that he saw Sat 7 as an equivalent to the schools and the hospitals that the church has provided in the region for century Well, for a couple of centuries, mm. which enable the, the church to to be respected and have an a significant place within the culture.
0: Mm. You know, I had, I've had the privilege of, of being in the Middle East. I've, uh, I've traveled through, through Jordan, and it fascinated me, driving, going on the bus through Jordan out in the, in the desert area, you know, we might say in the countryside, and uh, the, the Bedouins still that, uh, that live out in, in, in this part of the world. And there was a tent, you know, a whole sort of uh, little village of tents, and it fascinated me. Right out in the desert, there was a satellite dish outside one of these tents. How do people respond? Do do you find that there are many people viewing and and making contact with the station?
1: We have quite a number of live programs that people can actually call into. So particularly when we're talking about some of these sort of lifestyle issues, we might ask people what do they think, and Mm -hmm. they can ask um, questions or can say what their experiences are. For example, mistreatment of women Mm -hmm. in these societies. Mm particularly for our Iranian channel, where many of the people, the the church in Iran is very much an underground church meeting in homes where the leaders probably became a Christian, you know, last year. (laughs) Um, And so they don't really have any teaching themselves. So we have a lot of programs that are really helping to teach them. And again, those programs are live, so people can call in and ask questions to pastors and uh, presenters and get you know, really helpful answers.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it's a vast region, and I know you know using satellite, it's very difficult to to know how many people are actually watching. But do you have any idea? Do you have any figures that you could maybe suggest how many people are watching?
1: Yes, it's much easier to monitor as as you kind of imply those people who are watching us online, so we can see the number of people are watching videos that we put on YouTube, or we stream programs as well. But satellites, the beauty is that nobody can follow it and monitor it, so nobody Mm. knows that you're watching a Christian program from Mm. the comfort of your living room. But, of course, we don't know how many people are watching. Mm. But we have done surveys, um, or had surveys done for us. So Ipsos did a survey three years ago, which uh, suggested that we had 25 million viewers across the region. Wow, fantastic
0: that's amazing and it is a region where christians are being persecuted for their faith Uh, it's uh, it's the suffering church Uh, lindsay do you have um, much input can you as as a ministry do you so into helping the suffering church and supporting those under persecution
1: we do because so many of those people who are calling us particularly from iran are experiencing persecution and some of our pastors who present programs have experienced that themselves um, the producer of a number of Iranian programs, Joseph Sepien, Actually, a number of his family—they—they they lost their father, who was um, a, a senior leader of the Protestant Church in Iran, who—who mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, who, uh, was murdered, um, and uh, his brother actually left the country, but he he took over as leader of the protestant church there, and he broadcasts on our channel yes yeah, so we are directly supporting christians who experience persecution so some of the programs address these issues um, addressing questions of perseverance and god's faithfulness in these situations some of them will actually help to help people to understand what their rights are even within iranian law
0: mm.
1: and of course we can pray for people they can contact us
0: praise god do you have any stories perhaps uh, from a, a viewer who's written in and said, you know, I've been suffering in, in this scenario or who's written in to say, thank you so much for your word. It's encouraged me. Do you have any any stories from 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 viewers?
1: Well, we have we have hundreds, actually. Um, the first one I turn up is a, a, a young lady called Sarah, who um, is from Syria, from Damascus. Who began watching us just at the start of the Civil War there, so um, ten, 10 or so years ago when she was 10 or 11 years old. Mm. And she says, I still remember the songs I heard. I heard songs and programs of hope, joy and love, which was so helpful to keep my feelings and my mind in a safe place. And today she's working in a home for orphans and displaced children, and she uses the Sat7 Children's Channel. We have a dedicated children's channel. in uh, in seeking to bring peace to those children and to tell them that they're loved by a heavenly father even if they don't have a father of their own i have uh, yes there's a quote here from somebody from afghanistan a gentleman called tufan who says i'm a christian and it was about a year ago that i grew in faith through watching the programs of sat7 we can't connect with other believers here but i'm learning by watching your programs and receive answers to my questions Mm. you put in You're all into serving us in the midst of our inability to go to church. Every day I'm learning new things from the programs on your network, and I'm grateful you spend so much time for us. My wife is not a believer, he adds. Please pray for her and for our life to transform. And then we have others. Um, There's a lady from Iran here who says, um, I'll never forget your kindness to me. When I was new in the faith, you were there alongside me, encouraging and building me up through your messages and personal contact I came to faith 18 years ago and you've supported me through all those years and continue to do so praise
0: God that is that is absolutely remarkable praise God for that so uh Lindsay just in closing how can we pray for you and how can we pray for these suffering Christians that are viewing your programming
1: we can pray uh if you can pray especially for our producers and our presenters some of them uh, in tricky situations themselves. Uh, For example, I think of our producers in Algeria, where many of the churches have been closed down in the last few years. But uh, the Christians then move to another location, and uh, we've begun filming again from a different church. And pray for um, wisdom as we produce new programs and creativity so that they will engage the widest audiences and uh, pray for our viewers particularly those who are going through hardships mm-hmm. whether those are persecution or financial hardships or war and pray that god's hand will be upon them and that our programs will just bring out uh, joy and hope and uh, a sense of god's presence to them
0: amen mm-hmm. praise god so you have uh, several apps and uh, online facilities available where yes. can we find them what is your e- your uh, website address
1: It's sat7uk.org. So that's S-A-T, number seven, UK, dot org. Fantastic.
0: Sat7uk.org. Thank you so much, uh, Lindsay, for joining us today. We pray that God will richly bless you personally as you continue to work and, uh, and share the good news through the work of Sat7. Thank you for joining us. It's a great pleasure today to meet Lindsay Shaw from Sat7, talking about their ministry across the Middle East, praying for and supporting the Suffering Church, and indeed reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just to remind you, once again, their website, sat7uk.org. You've been listening to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson, produced by Shaw Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net, or email me, dudley, at surereality.net. The Reality is produced in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. Listen again and find out more at gnba.net. From me to you, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless.